welcome in to the news made simple where we say the quiet parts out loud um yeah we say the quiet parts out loud here and it is brought to you as always by the bitbox o2 hardware wallet go to shiftcrypto.ch to get yourself one of those shiftcrypto.ch slash bitcoin made simple use the promo code bitcoin made simple to get five percent off and yeah uh also check out movies plus i added more movies there so uh, we got some more uh, documentaries bitcoin documentaries always check that out but philip the gibson guitar what is up what's up good morning good morning very very stoked to get into some of the news topics today by the way what movies did you add to movies plus um so i added uh it is called bond to unbind um and uh, it's it's uh, the, about the El Salvador, uh, you know, be adopting Bitcoin and, you know, all that kind of stuff. So uh, adding that plus another one from the same filmmaker um, that's an older one that has footage all the way back to like 2011. Um, and then uh, and then, yeah, we uh, we also have some some stuff I can't officially announce because the contract has not quite been signed but i mean it's good to go that uh we'll be we'll be signing so you know constantly uh in flux and, and working towards it but uh yeah we're adding new stuff and the you plebs supporting us helps uh make the the dream work uh the teamwork makes the dream work so yes sir anyways yeah. um and for those wondering luke is not sunning his balls uh we don't know where he is maybe he is sunning his ball. i have no idea so he is not here today, but it'll just be Philip and myself. Um, Please call me Phil. Not Philip. No. No. I was I was specifically named after Phil Mickelson. Not were that you I'm really? an avid golfer, but you know. Oh, you were named after Phil Mickelson. I was. It was either that or it was Aiden, and my that, that was my dad's idea, and my mother didn't want a pyro child, which she didn't end up getting one because I don't have like a fixation with lighting with fireworks fire. and lighting shit on fire but hey that worked out um fill lore for you so uh wait is that your real last name nicholson no 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 i thought you said i thought you said phil lore so no like lore uh -huh. you know what lore lore is yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I don't know. I thought that was maybe. some that was lore about Phil. Etymology gotcha. of Phil's name. Not etymology, whatever. Um but let, let's give let's give the people what they came here for. Yeah, they came here to learn about Phil's name. So it's not yeah. Philip. It's not it is or no, it, it's just it, let's just do it with <laughs> Phil. Um okay. So uh let's get into the recession that seems to be looming um impending uh what do you think is going to happen do you think we're going to hit one we definitely are this goes with the thesis that the fed's mo is to destroy markets because it doesn't care and in order to strengthen the dollar they need to destroy foreign capital markets and offshore dollars and Essentially, this is the battle between Davos or the European Union, the EU, trying to get back financial control in the world that it 
sort of had before the end of World War II, and they're trying to weaken the financial stability and supremacy that comes from the Federal Reserve and the Federal Reserve System in America, essentially. And what the Fed's trying to do is tighten and make cheap dollars and the accessibility of it not accessible by not making it cheap, by making it expensive, by raising rates and tightening. And arguably, they've been tightening since almost a year ago now, because the June, I think it was the FOMC meeting of June last year was to, uh, on the 15th or 16th. And we're coming up on the, the next one this following week. I believe it starts the 13th next week. And you can expect probably another you know, raise in uh, 50 basis points because the Fed is showing no signs of stopping QT and raising rates, especially, I think I mentioned this last episode, but especially where the savings rate is. I think it's only like 4%. And when it was, I believe, 8% during COVID, people were just hoarding dollars because of the uncertainty because COVID happened. And we had the, the COVID crash in March 2020. People were starting to save. And that's when, not only because of the bailouts of the cruise ships and airlines and all these other industries, as the Fed does, being the uh, lender of last resort and the protector of the public, but you also saw them do QT, I mean, a QE, more money printing to incentivize people to stop uh, saving. And we're seeing the opposite of that now. There's no savings rate and they're trying to rein in inflation to really maintain its, its dominance and to just basically say, hey, world, you know, we're serious. And we want to maintain our credibility. And so that's why you're going to keep seeing tightening. And if it means that the Dow is going to tank a little bit, that's fine. Because in the long run, you're going to see capital flight come from Europe and everywhere else in the world. Because the Fed can actually get away with quantitative tightening. Because the majority of debt is denominated in dollars. Whereas all these other currencies, I mean, they don't have the supremacy. And so the tightening makes it more difficult for them to pay off their debt in dollars, which causes them to hyperinflate. And so it's not going to be wise to invest in other countries when those currencies are arguably worthless. So you're going to have capital flight come out of those countries and flood into the United States. And then you might see a recovery rally in the Dow. So, you know, how soon this happens, I really don't know, but uh, it might happen sooner than we think because, I mean, we've been living in like a bull market for half a, a century, right? Or whenever we went off the gold standard and we just kept printing money and people relied on Fed bailouts and whatnot. And I guess the last major tightening we saw was since, Volcker. And so, I mean, people are going to move their money to where it's going to be treated best. And that's going to be the United States at the end of the day, because they have the money, the power of transmitting, making money. And that's what the Federal Reserve banking system. What do you think it's going to do to the price of commodities, though? Like, I mean, yeah. the price of the commodities are going up and everything's getting more expensive. Mm-hmm. Uh and at the same time, people are going to 
like be making less money. So like I don't I'm I'm just like as far as like the average American, what's what's life gonna be like? It's, you know, it's gonna be difficult. It's not gonna be easy. This is kind of like if we had markets do what they're supposed to do and we didn't have these extended out like boom bust cycles that are the cause of central planning and you know the manipulation monetary policy by the fed i mean these things would fix themselves kind of like we saw before the you know crash the major crash that we saw in the in 1929 like before the great depression there was one i believe in 1920 and it was even worse than the 1929 crash but in 1920 yeah 1920 there was a crash that was worse than what caused the great depression but i believe that was like when hoover was in in charge and uh there wasn't that bailout mentality and it was tough and it was difficult but it was able to recover in like a year because markets are going to market <laughs> markets are people in the free market are going to find those solutions because when you have a crash like that, that sends a clear signal of what people should and should not do with their money. And you didn't see that distortion of the just expansion of the money supply and just cheap credit flooding into things and speculative assets and just malinvestment. You didn't see that in that 1920 crash. So I'm not saying that you're going to see a complete laissez-faire thing happen with this, but it might be something similar because at the end of the day, the United States, or at least Team Fed, as I like to call it, the Federal Reserve, the commercial banks, uh, the regional banks, just that lobby of, of banks are fighting for their lives to preserve their credibility and dominance and the strength of the dollar. And so if that means that they're going to let markets suffer to get there, and maintain their dominance and they will do so and so it is going to be painful for families everywhere and it's just part of that quote-unquote correction and i think as that correction occurs that might also lead to a correction in maybe foreign policy and domestic policy because i mean you don't really have a uh, proxy war-ish form like policy without a money printer Right. And so this might kind of bleed into changes in fiscal policy. And so that might cause an end to, you know, proxy war efforts in a current event war that's been happening since February. And so that might also lead to, you know, stopping sanctions. I mean, Janet Yellen last week, like lead of head of the Treasury of the United States, was saying, hey, these sanctions on Russia are kind of stupid. And for her to say that, I mean, that's just her acting as a status, making the most rational economic decision. But I mean, for her to say that, we're already kind of seeing this further bifurcation of power. And I, I think if we get more people kind of on that train, you're going to see that change in fiscal policy and foreign policy. And if we see less sanctions, then I mean, the sanctions are the only reason why Russia is benefiting so much and the price of oil is so high. And so if we see a tapering off of those sort of policies, you're going to see commodities prices drop and life is going to be less hard for the average American.
So I think we're heading in the right direction, but it's very much, it's got to get worse before it gets better, if that makes sense. I wonder what that does to the price of Bitcoin. I know we're not big price speculators, but um, it's just weird because, you know, you would think everything going to hell in a handbasket would make the price of Bitcoin go up because people would start to see its value proposition. But yeah. I think it, I think it maybe boings down for a bit. I don't know. Yeah, it's definitely being manipulated with futures markets, more big players getting involved because they, <laughs> unless if you just have some Warren Buffett hubris and you hate the thing, which he's even capitulating a little bit because I forget what the name of the bank is, but he owns a some financial institution bank that is putting some of their reserves in well it's crypto and they're big fans of ethereum but even he's caving but if you have that legacy financial system hubris and bias uh you're not going to be pro bitcoin but everyone else has a brain and wants their money to be treated where it's treated best they're going to pile into bitcoin as much as they can and this whole tapering of the, the bitcoin price by manipulating futures markets is just uh, an accumulation game for them so I don't really know. It, it's, you know, watching, you know, Luongo market reports, I, I, it definitely is being messed with the Bitcoin price. And yeah, I recall him saying that, you know, we should be really at the resistance should be like 33,000 and just where, where people are trying to put their money, it, it should be Bitcoin. I mean, it's, it's the soundest, it should be a safe haven asset and it's just completely out of this world that it is as low as it is. So Bitcoiners watching this should just take advantage of this and accumulate as much Bitcoin as possible because it's on sale folks. So, I mean, just get it while, while uh, it's as cheap. I mean, always buy, always be buying and just don't buy with debt. Don't leverage yourself. Yeah, especially now, if, if, if interest rates are going to keep crawling up, which I'm sure that they will. So just take advantage of this. Eventually, it's going gonna, it's gonna to pop because at the end of the day, it's still 21 million. Keep pushing the, the narrative that you need to take your, your keys off the exchange. This might be a beautiful plug for the Bitbox O2 again at shipcrypto.ch, our favorite hardware wallet on the show here. Because Don't forget .ch slash Bitcoin made simple. That yeah. way you get to uh, you know, shift crypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. That way they know that we sent you. Then use the promo yeah. code Bitcoin made simple to get 5% off. Yeah. Not your keys, not your cheese. I mean, if we, there's not a lot of volatility in the markets right now for some reason. And we need to change that. So what better way than to just take all of your Bitcoin off the exchange and Put on your big boy pants or big girl pants. Do we have female listeners? I hope you do. I think like ten percent. So shout out to shout yeah. out to the the strong ten percent because um, they uh, they they carry the weight for you know they probably sit there and for the rest of the women are trying to get yeah. more women. We need more women in Bitcoin. I'm sure every woman that's listening to this is laughing at that idea because that was an annoying thing last year. Um, you know there is a probability that it's really just the men using their wife's accounts to watch this. That's true. That's Maybe. true. I mean, 
look at it this way in future growth percentage wise will grow more in women than in men uh the use of bitcoin and other things because you're starting from zero yeah um you know i don't know what, what do you what do you think about the economy i don't know i mean i think there's going to be a recession um i'm kind of weird about like with with bitcoin because here's the thing with bitcoin and i think this being my first like real you know cycle and everything is that like i really believed in the on-chain analytics like i was like oh that stuff is like cheat a cheat code you can see what's happening illiquid supply blah 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 you know coins leaving exchanges um and then that didn't you know well then like so like all last summer and leading into the fall i was like this is all being foretold by the numbers and then when we went back up to all-time high in november it was like there we go um and i was like i knew it i knew it and and i couldn't believe when mr hoddle magoo if you're listening there mr magoo um he doesn't listen to this who knows if he dm us if you do listen mr magoo um but i highly doubt he does uh only whenever he's on so that he can listen to himself no i'm kidding um but uh but yeah i um He kept saying that we were going to see a pullback in the price. I was like, what? Like, how in the world is he talking? Like, what what world is he living on? What what planet is he living on? Because I thought, like I had said, I I had to sell some Bitcoin at 57,000 to to buy my house. And I thought I was getting effed. I was like, by the time I sell my other house, Bitcoin's going to be at like 100 grand minimum, if not 150. Like, I'm getting so screwed. And, um, and here we are, uh, nine months later and Bitcoin's at 30 grand, just sitting there. Um, I won this week's price prediction, by the way. Yeah. Barely. If anyone's keeping tabs. Um, cause we're but, not, no, we need to get better at that. <laughs> um, but, but yeah, so I, 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 I just don't see but like so Magoo was talking about like he was like if you pay attention to the the um the general sentiment of the market the warning signs were there that it was going to pull back so i've basically been trying to observe what's going on in bitcoin from a sentiment standpoint and like Bitcoiners, like there's more solid Bitcoiners getting minted on a regular basis. But like what's going on in the greater picture of the markets? Like I think everybody is anticipating a drawdown of markets, of like uh, people, you know, the Fed quantitative tightening. Um, people are going to be quantitative tightening their own budgets. Yeah. Um, I mean, because it's absurd. Like, And like, I think I mentioned this before, but like, and not to sound like, oh, I'm so well to do, but like, I'm not like the type of person that like the the price of gas really affects me. You know, I'm just like, whatever it is, what it is, it's a utility bill. And and now I'm like, oh, like, I don't know, that that hurt. That wasn't fun. Um, 
so i mean it's just i don't know i i feel like people are down people are depressed people are sad and which is unfortunate um so i don't know i i think that's the tricky thing with bitcoin though is you don't know when the value prop is really going to like take off the decoupling that we all talk about you know it's going to happen eventually um but does it happen right now i don't know um not but, when they're trying to to uh, repress market price and accumulate and I, honestly I, I think bitcoiners will disagree with me on this but i think bitcoin is what team fed again as i like to call them are going to try to rebuild their new financial infrastructure and system on top of only because they see that they can't stop it yeah like if you can't beat them join them kind of thing you know yeah they definitely they don't want this system but no they don't can we make it our best to our best advantage yeah it's (laughs) you know they don't really have a choice if they want to preserve the credibility of the dollar they might back it or run it on the most sound (laughs) piece of technology that the world of the world's ever seen and it's kind of like the cleanish shirt in the dirty laundry sort of thing as well and i want to bring this up i wish i had the the link but in a uh, private slack group that i am in there were there were talks during trump's presidency at the um i think at the treasury level and like the fed level of backing u.s treasuries with a percentage of bullion and just having more of a commodity-based, you know, money. And that's what Russia's doing, essentially. Maybe across the world, we just start seeing that and they'll start picking different spots. And really, honestly, like Bitcoin hasn't grown to the point and in, in gotten mass adoption to the point that um, like they can still be early to the game. Yeah. The Fed, like they, if they, if they, I keep saying this and I feel bad because like they're going to try and cast this cellophane trap net uh, uh, above the Bitcoin, actual Bitcoin, and catch as many people as possible in it so that they can then run their manipulated games. Um, so there will always be some form of bastardized version of the financial world that, you know, manipulates people to give more money to the rich and less to the poor. Um, you know, it'll it'll take a while to shake out, you know, because I mean, even in a hyper Bitcoin, in a hyper Bitcoinization world, you will have people making Ponzi schemes on top of it. It's you know, like people think that once we get to hyper Bitcoinization, we're going to be in this magical utopia where nobody does anything to take advantage of somebody else. That's just not going to happen. So it's always going to exist. Um, so I think the Fed is basically just. Like, all right, look, we don't want to lose our shirt. We don't want to lose our, you know, we might, basically them, they have to take a hit, but in order to position themselves for the long run um, and be able to trap people on top of Bitcoin. So I don't know. That's just my theory. Um, Exactly. But one of the other news items we wanted to talk about kind of fits this is the CBDC. They said it's going to take five years. Yeah. And then when it comes to like a, a team building software when it comes to the the devs they always extend that out and i think they multiply it by three so essentially would it really take 15 years 
So something like this would be more of a disaster than the Obamacare website. <laughs> That's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, yeah. How long did so, the Obamacare website take to make? Yeah, yeah. And so I want to, I, I was the one that shared this story in, in our little group chat. And I, I really want to dig into this. And I tweeted about this as well. So I found this on, I believe it was Coindesk, but essentially low brainered the vice chair of the Federal Reserve basically came out and said, hey, we're not going to, we're not going to do this because it, like I was going back to saying what Dov was trying to do is destroy the power that the Fed has of controlling monetary system in the world. It, a CBDC completely undermines the bank's power. And I'll read a passage here from this other article. But, you know, I tweeted out essentially, low brainer, and it's admitting defeat. Fed does not and will not need to do a CBDC because otherwise the Federal Reserve System loses all the power that it wields over the rest of the world. And so let me get into this. Give me one second, Mundo. By the way, did you listen when we did that uh, impromptu stream the other night? Uh, I, I carried the water there whenever you were beating your cat. Yeah, that was that was that was next level. Uh, my my broadcasting uh, professors would be so proud. Uh, would they? No, probably not. Because oh. um, they'd be like, what the hell did he do with his life? Um, <laughs> that actually that was my my first awakening was a, one of my broadcasting professors showed us this is while you're looking that up, just a side, a little tangent showed us um, this news clip and it was talking about like testing. Like he was one of the people that edited, put the news clip together. It's talking about like these like lab tests for some kind of disease type thing, blah, 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 whatever. And he was like, He's like, so what did you guys notice that? And some people were like, oh, like, I, you know, what he was like, what was eye catching? And people mentioned different things, but a couple of people were like, oh, that like one clip that showed like that huge lab rat, you know, like by like somebody in a trench, coat, like in a, in a medical, you know, white coat, you know, carrying a lab rat and like putting it in something else. And he said, do you know what that's from? And they were like, I assume whatever test they were running. And he was like, no, that's stock footage. He said, the whole goal is to get people to see something and go, wow, this is a big deal. And then they go out and talk to their neighbor, neighbor and say, did you see on channel 11 that giant freaking lab rat? And then that person tunes into channel 11, sees the commercial for Swiffer and buys more Swiffers yeah. so that the Swiffer company will then spend more money on channel 11. He said, that is the entire goal there's no integrity about it there's nothing and i remember like in college saying they're like wow and so then it was funny because then i actually interned at espn and um and i got to look smart for once um whenever like the like one programming director came in talked to all the interns and was like you know what is the main goal here at espn and everybody was like hard-hitting sports coverage, you know, bringing the most entertaining sports coverage, blah, blah, blah. And he was just going, no. Nah. And I just oh. raised my hand and I said, to make money. And he said, bingo. 
I said, exactly. And they said, how? I said, basically what my professor said. I was like, to get people to pay attention and uh, only to pay attention so that they see the Swiffer commercial, buy more Swiffers, and then Swiffer spends more money on ESPN. And he said, exactly. That's it right there. I was like, (laughs) damn. And like, so it's just, it shattered my worldview and has been, I, that that maybe was the early seeds of me becoming a Bitcoiner. But anyways, so you- uh, It's very simple, brought to you by the Bitbox O2 by Shiv Crypto. Yep. Yeah, I, I know, right? <laughs> <laughs> Buy more Bitboxes so that they spend more money with us. That's the whole shebang. Uh, the good thing with Bit, uh, Bitcoin advertising, I think, is that we're, it comes from an honest place. We would never- uh, We would never- Most of the time. Yeah. We wouldn't just take money just to take money. We would take a sponsorship uh, because we believe in the the project. Exactly. Um, so so uh, I found the 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 news item. So this is from WallStreetOnParade.com, and it is entitled. This is from May thirty first. So a couple of weeks ago, was it a couple or last week? We can have whatever you want to call it. And this is from uh, uh, Pam Martins and Russ Martins. So if you just want some like credibility or whatever, go do some research on who they are. But this is coming, it's pretty legit. So I'm just going to read a little bit of this. So it's titled Credit Unions and Banking Groups Warn of Quote, Devastating Consequences of a U.S. Central Bank Digital Currency. Credit union and banking trade groups have released a joint letter to the chair and ranking member of the House Financial Services Committee warning of, quote, devastating consequences if the Federal Reserve moves forward with the central bank digital currency, CBDC. The letter was sent on May 25th, one day before the committee convened a hearing on digital assets and the future of finance, examining the benefits and risks of a U.S. central bank digital currency. That hearing took testimony from only one witness, Lael Brainerd, the vice chair of the Federal Reserve. The fact that credit unions, which frequently serve unionized labor, joined with the banking trade groups to sign off on the letter lends credibility to the, quote, devastating consequences the letter enumerates of a central bank digital currency. A CBDC would allow the Federal Reserve to compete for deposits with credit unions and banks. The letter correctly assesses the downside of such moves, which are, pay attention, folks. So I quote, And as I mentioned on this show, but I'm quoting, private money is created through financial intermediation by banks and credit unions. The process in which financial institutions take deposits and lend out and invest those deposits. Private money is used by financial institutions to provide funding for businesses and consumers and thus supports economic growth. Introducing a CBDC will be a deliberate decision to shift some volume of private money to public money with potentially devastating consequences for the cost and availability of credit for consumers and businesses. In some, the savings of businesses and consumers would no longer fund the assets of banks, primary loans, but instead would fund the assets of the Federal Reserve, primarily securities issued by the Treasury Department, Fannie Mae, and Freddie Mac. In a similar vein, the letter warns, in effect, a CBDC will serve as an advantage competitor to retail bank deposits that will move money away from the banks and into the accounts of the Federal Reserve, 
where the funds cannot be lent back into the economy. These deposits account these deposit accounts represent 71% of bank funding today. Let me read that again. These deposit accounts represent 71%, nearly three-fourths of bank funding today. Losing this critical funding source would undermine the economics of the banking business model, which, by the way, the banks are the shareholders of the Federal Reserve, severely restricting credit availability, increasing the cost of credit, and causing a slowdown of the economy. ABA estimates that even a CBDC where accounts were capped at $5,000 per end user could result in $720 billion in deposits leaving the banking system. Davos wants to destroy the banking system in the United States, which would destroy domestic investment. So we are witnessing one side trying to preserve America and the other destroying it. So the Fed is trying to preserve America. Yeah. And you can hate the Fed. I still hate the Fed. I'd rather be on their side if they win. Then Davos. On a Euro panopticon, global panopticon. Oh, I completely agree there. Um, so, so that's just a sure sign that we're not going to see a CBDC in the United States. Not just the because the Fed doesn't want to see it. Yeah, not just because it's going to take 15 years to make it happen, but the banks lose all their power. Like they are the largest lobbyist group, arguably, in this country. So yeah. why would they just bend over to Klaus Schwab and his banana hammock? <laughs> banana away. That's a good question. I don't know. I don't think they will. Yeah. Um, and what? by the way, this goes back to the story I shared last week. Also, how these banks are having to bend over to their customers and creating Bitcoin-based products as well, which I think is just another slingshot opportunity for them to build their new financial system on Bitcoin, whether they like it or not. But they'd rather do that on something that they can't control and issue stable coins on top of Bitcoin or whatever, as opposed to having something like Ripple or Ethereum replacing the SWIFT system and have that be issued by the IMF. Yeah, I mean, for them, if if Davos takes over, they'd rather have something they can't control, that nobody can control, yeah. than something that they can't control and Davos can. Exactly my point. So there, I brought it to smooth brain level. Um, Phil's big wrinkled brain. Um, it's not that wrinkled. <laughs> It has I, a couple. I, I just take advantage of like groups I'm in because they they act like my my aggregation like drudge report I guess, mm. and then I'm like oh I can take this and take this and this makes sense with my bias and what I'm trying to convey to anyone that will freaking listen to me, but I mean I don't know it's just things that are interesting things that are plausible that could make sense based on what's happening in the world, and just molding that into hopefully a comprehensive narrative 
molding it, molded by it. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think I think that I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I think they're going to. I think they'll win, <sighs> but it's just going to be ugly in the meantime. Yeah. Um, in other news, you want to touch on the the Bitcoin bill proposal crypto whatever it was i wasn't really on top of this thing i wasn't on top of it either too much but like i just know that that first of all it's a bill that's just going to be doa dead on arrival i liked what uh john val uh john Vallis, um john carvalho uh posted he said it's dod dumb on delivery yeah. um i was like yeah that's pretty good um because it it is not I mean, it's just, you know me. It's I'm an so attempt. Of, That's yeah, what it is. A, it's an attempt. It's an attempt, but it, it's going to go, like, it makes me cringe so hard seeing any politician when they're like, I have introduced my bill the, to do blah, 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 blah. And it's like, this is not going to do anything. Congratulations. You know. Like, so, like, I don't want to really take that stance per se because like Lummis is Lummis and then what's the other Gillibrand or whatever mm-hmm. I don't know too much about her but isn't isn't like so Lummis is technically like a Republican and isn't Gillibrand a Democrat yeah okay so it's kind of like it seems and it's a great strategy and uh, attempt here but it looks like a bipartisan effort to make somewhat comprehensive crypto legislation and like I said, I see this as an attempt, but I think it is a correct move in the, it's a good move in the right direction. And it is, it's just showing the country and the world that, hey, Bitcoin is, is going to be a topic of discussion that is very serious and is here to stay and that both political parties need to work together and pay attention on. Mm-hmm. Now, Again, it's the states, right? Like as much as Cynthia Lummis kicks ass, you know, these are still, I guess, like statist actors. There's good people in there. I throw her like in that category and Rand Paul and Thomas Massey and, you know, those other select few. But essentially, hopefully this doesn't just walk into more like consolidation of state power over the monetary system and everyone else and just the average Joe or Jane gets kind of screwed over by whatever they determine. But Cynthia Lummis is a staunch, proud Bitcoiner. And I I think she's just trying to roll the ball into the right direction. And again, this is just an attempt. And it's it's just showing that, hey, she's mature enough to, and others on the other side of the, of the aisle are mature enough to come together and try to make some sort of legislation. A lot of this is i i think revealing to us that bitcoin for the long term what they want to do is see it as a commodity but then again i mean who knows maybe it gets deemed a currency i really don't know what that's going to look like but it's gonna it, it, this 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 bill i think further against again emphasize that bitcoin's a commodity even ethereum i think is a commodity under the the terms under under this, this piece of legislation which mm-hmm. is interesting 
Yeah. Uh, but that also kind of reveals that they don't want to make Ethereum a currency because if it was deemed a currency, then maybe that would be an opportunity for like more Davos-sided uh, thinkers to use CB- to use Ethereum as like the CBDC of the US potentially. And again, that goes back to that bifurcation of Team Fed versus Team Davos. They don't want CBDC in this country. And a lot of it was also, you know, defining, I guess, like what like crypto asset is a Ponzi and what's not and what's a uh, register security. And so a lot of this legislation, I think, is going to be more that focused and just try to screw over as many shitcoin projects as possible. But then again, it's like, how strong is each side? Like, is the is the Davos stakeholder capital side and those people in power in, in Washington on the Hill going to be more supportive towards those projects? Because it's aligned with their Davos-minded stakeholder capitalism agenda, and they're going to try to preserve those sort of projects. Just, and, and, and like, are those projects... Uh, do they have enough clout enough to lobby to preserve whatever dominance and standing that they have right now? Or does someone more sound like, like Cynthia Lummis kind of come in and say, no, we need to uh, just stamp that out and, you know, focus more on Bitcoin, whether it's having it be a part of this basket that, that backs treasuries, or if we're going to, shift more towards like a, a green policy and again maybe like the green policy renewable energy maybe that's something that she's going to try to uh, compromise uh, come to a compromise with people on the other side of the aisle that on the surface they act like they care about you know living in a, a green renewable energy society but I, I don't know like there's a lot of nuance here and again this whole thing is more of like an attempt a push towards what the future of bitcoin and crypto legislation and regulation looks like but cool. as far as like regulation on this and them being so generous and nice that oh we won't tax any movement of bitcoin under 200 dollars. like yeah that's that, that was really generous of you yeah no one's we really yeah, really appreciate no. you not taking money from us yeah what about like a thousand transactions that are 199 dollars? oh like there's gonna be a ton of them yeah I mean, this thing isn't going to pass. I think this is just like a kumbaya come together thing. Maybe more like Republican push saying that, hey, we can negotiate with Democrats on Bitcoin legislation because Bitcoiners are a great voting constituency. And we want to further excel our dominance for the midterms because that's really, I think, all this is really about at the end of the day, like taking over, like turning the, the midterms red because everybody on both sides of the aisle is like fed up with the current administration. Like Joe Biden has like 35% or 40% approval rating. Like it's a shit show. People are fed up. I mean, this is another reason why the Fed's trying to bring in, bring in inflation. People are speaking up against this. And even if it's not Biden's fault, people blame the president of their current economic status. And so this is just a way to turn that around. Yeah. Yep. Um, well, let's just put it this way. It's a little messy out there. Yeah. Um, I guess that's it for this week's episode, other than our price prediction. Um, here's my price hope that it's under 30 grand next week. 
Are those under? I would love to buy more mm-hmm. at a lower price. What do you think is going to be the case? I think it might be over. I'll go the. I'll take the over, because we saw it like hit thirty one this past week, and I don't know if that was like anticipation about new rate hikes and and maybe that was a sign of more uh capital flying into into bitcoin from all around the world uh and so i don't really know i mean it's been bouncing between 31 and 29 here for let's look at the chat for our boston and like i don't know what's really causing that i mean people since like the end of May, people getting like hopium of like the the this legislation we just talked about was maybe going to be good news for price or something, or I mean I heard that there was a uh, uh, like a hardware tech security company that put their treasury in Bitcoin, but I mean this thing, this company hasn't been around for very long. I, I mean a lot of the driver of prices market sentiment at the end of the day. And then market manipulation is what dampens the price. Mm-hmm. Futures markets or whatever it might be. Yeah. So I don't know. I'll like, you know, I'm not a fortune tower. I'll just take the over on this, I guess. All right. Well, plebs, we will see you next week. We appreciate all of you and we appreciate the Bitbox O2 hardware wallet. Go to shiftcrypto.ch slash Bitcoin made simple. Use that promo code 5% off. We'll get uh, use Bitcoin made simple. It'll get 5% off. And uh, yeah, um, you plebs keep uh, do the heavy lifting. Help me with uh, Movies Plus. We need uh, more subscribers because uh, the more subscribers we get, the more content we get the more we get out there. So, um, you know, we're growing, but uh, yeah, help us uh, ramp up uh, and uh, let's, let's get it to the next level. So more, more importantly, help us help you uncuck yourself with the entertainment that you're trying to put into your brain and soul. Yeah. Like that's what I think what movies plus is really all about. Like I said, it's, it's the anti Netflix. Yes. It's Be, just the production of, of entertainment and truth. And that's what we want. That's what we want to push out to the world. So uh, appreciate all you guys and we will catch you guys next week. Peace out.